we would not be caught up in the consumeristic circus that Advent has become within our culture. Our prayer is is that we who are free in Christ would, would truly worship fully, that we who are free in Christ would would have our hearts so open to the Lord that we would worship fully in the freedom that is ours in Jesus Christ, so that we would worship fully, that we would focus our hearts on the true meaning of Advent, that we wouldn't be caught up in the consumeristic circus of spending more, and then that we would, or spend, spending so much, but that we would spend less and then give more, and then that we would love all. So last week, the topic was spend less. And I want you to know that you are free. That you are free in Christ Jesus. You are free to spend less. You're you're free from the materialistic chains that our culture says that we have to comply to or, or be bound to. Did you know that you um, do not need things, you don't need money, you don't need stuff in order for your life to have meaning? You don't need all, all of these presents under the tree for Christmas to be meaningful. Your life is meaningful because of what Jesus has done for you. Your life has more meaning than you could ever imagine. If you had nothing this Christmas but Jesus, you have all that you need. And when God looks at you, he says, you matter. You're important. You don't need money. You don't need things in order to have value. You see, the world flashes all of this stuff before our eyes. The world says you need this or you need that. You need to achieve in life in order to have value and meaning in life. Did you know that, that the drug addict who lay dead for days in his apartment from an overdose is just as valuable in God's eyes as the preacher or the humanitarian or the person who has done all sorts of amazing things in life. You see, we, we value things based on what the world says is valuable rather than on what God says is valuable. You don't need success. You don't need applause. You don't need money. You don't need things to be valuable. You're already valuable beyond comprehension. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he gave his one and only Son. God gave everything, he gave his own Son. For you, because you're valuable. The problem is, is that we don't believe that we're valuable. So we get caught up in all of the worldly trappings, gathering wealth, spending too much or hoarding too much. We believe that because we have a pile of stuff 
under the tree on Christmas morning that we're something special. So we don't believe that we're valuable, so we end up accumulating things or success or all of these worldly entrapments. But God gives us the good and righteous way to view wealth and to use wealth. God is the one who helps us to see wealth and to use wealth or any other resource that we've been given in a righteous and in a good way. So I have really three points for us today. In order for us to, to view money and possessions and property in a good and righteous way, number one, we have to believe that God is the owner and the giver of all good things. Number one, God is the owner and God is the giver of all good things. God owns all things. Psalm 24.1 says that the earth is the Lord, the, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, and the world and those who dwell therein. God is owner of all. God is the one who, who supplies the seed to the sower. He's the one who supplies seed to the farmer and ultimately bread for food. God is the owner of all things. And the foundational truth that leads us to view wealth and things correctly and to use our wealth and things rightly is to believe in the reality that God owns everything. That God is owner of all things. You'll never use your money in a God-honoring way if you believe that you are owner of all. Nor will you have peace in your heart if you believe that you're owner of all. When, when we come to, to believe and to trust that God is the owner of all that we have, all the good things that we've been given in life, it, it brings us a certain liberty and freedom because we know that it's God's and it's not ours. And, and ultimately, He is the one who supplies and gives, and He's the one who's going to take care of us through life. So God is owner of all. Number two, not only is God owner of all, uh, the things that you've been given, uh, you are called to be a faithful steward of those things. So God is owner of all and you're called to be a faithful steward. This is why we call it stewardship. What is this stewardship or being a faithful steward of all the things that God has given to us? It's like a manager entrusted with the owner's resources. If, if you work a job, you probably have been entrusted with a certain level of responsibility. You've been given the owner's resources, and you've been entrusted to manage those resources. So we believe that God is owner of all, and that we are stewards, or that we're managers of the resources which God has given to us. So to be a good steward of the owner's property is to manage his property wisely. So we're called by God to manage his stuff with wisdom and discernment. I encourage you to take a look at your debit card or credit card statement 
and to ask, are you managing God's resources wisely? Are you managing his resources wisely? When was the last time your, your monthly budgeting and balancing of your accounts was an exercise in prayer and worship and devotion to God? Many of us leave God out of certain compartments of our lives. We place God in this compartment. And we say, Lord, we want you to to rule and to reign in this compartment, but then we leave God out of other compartments of our lives. We don't let him into the financial aspects of our lives or maybe into our our, uh, professional life or into the free time that God has given to us. But God says, I want access to every area of your life. Every area of your life. So when we balance our checkbook, it should be a time of prayer. Lord, these are your resources. These are the things that you have blessed me with. And how can I honor you with that which you have given to me? When we budget for the month, we should have that time as a, as a time of, of devotion to God. Lord, how would you have me and my family to budget our income? Faithful stewardship starts with believing that God is owner. That he owns all things. And we let him into every compartment of our life. And we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Then number three, not only is God owner of all, and you're a a, a faithful steward, God calls us to give. God calls you to be a giving person. And the Advent Conspiracy people gave us the title... Give more. Give more. But I don't think this is completely accurate. I don't don't think it's accurate because I believe that Jesus isn't calling us to give more. I, I believe that he's calling us to give all. He's calling us to give all. You you won't be a faithful giver of a consistent tithe or offering if you haven't given everything to God. He isn't calling you just to give more. He's he's calling you to give everything to him. Everything. Consider the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 27. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and he, and he said, what, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. And the rich young ruler says, yeah, I've kept the Ten Commandments. You know, I, I've been really obedient to the commandments. And then Jesus said to the rich young ruler, he says, you, you still lack one thing. You're missing something really big here. He said, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. 
Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. You see, the, the, the heart issue for the rich young ruler was is that he was holding on to his wealth and he didn't want to let his wealth go. So Jesus says, give, give everything to me. Does Jesus ask any less of, of you and I? Does he ask any less of you and I than he did of this rich young man? You see, God has not called you to give a portion or to give more. Jesus has called you to give everything. Everything. Does that mean that you give your entire paycheck to the offering plate? No. <laughs> no. But when we have given everything to God, we're managing the resources which he has given to us wisely. We're not wasting. We're not spending our money frivolously. But we're being wise stewards of everything that God has given to us. We're honoring God with everything that we have. So stewardship starts with believing that God is owner of all. That we're simply stewards of managers of God's resources. And then the, that we are called to give everything to him. We're called to give everything to God. My encouragement to you this morning is, is to live your life with, with open hands. To live your life with, with this posture. Of hands and hearts that are open to God. My human nature isn't very giving. I want to grab a hold of things. I want to hold these things close to me. Whether it's some earthly materialistic thing or, or, or something else that, that I've been given by God in, uh, to my life. Something that's, that's a blessing to me. I want to hold on to it. I don't want to let go of it, but, but there is great freedom and there is great joy when, when we hold all things that have been given to us in our life like this. When we say, God, I'm yours. My life is yours. My resources are yours. My time is yours. Everything is given to you and to your service. There's great liberty and there's great joy when we let go. We're not responsible to, to carry the, the weight of this world. Instead, we say, Lord, here I am. And, and only God can open my heart. Only he can open my heart and only he can open my hands. You, you see, if, if I try in, in my own effort... And through my own strength to have, to have an open heart and to have open hands, I'll fail. But this is the miracle of Jesus. This is the miracle of, of Jesus who came to dwell with us in Bethlehem's manger. As he came with, with an open heart and he came with open hands to serve you. To give you a new heart. To give you a heart that's open and, and to give you new hands, hands that are open. Not taking and hoarding and keeping and trying to find self-worth in the things of this world. But he's come to give us new life.
A life that gives. A life that sees God as the one that we're to worship fully. A life that sees that we're not to invest in the things of this world. That we're not to to, to find our wealth and our meaning in earthly things. And he's caused us also to open our hands so that we would give more to those that are in need. And that we would love all freely. As God comes close to us, and he came close to us in the person of Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus became a human being in the person of Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary. And God comes close to us. He comes close to us in the means of grace. Did you know that? Jesus is present here now through the preaching of the word. Through this precious means of grace as God's word is proclaimed. And Jesus is here. He was here up here. Who was doing the baptizing? Was Pastor Dirk doing the baptizing? Well, he was there. But it was really Jesus who was present there in water and the word to deliver his grace today. So as God comes close to us in his means of grace through the word of God and through the sacraments, he, gives a, he forgives us of our sins. And he does this amazing work of causing us to reflect his giving nature. To live like Jesus did. With an open heart. And open hands. God is a giving God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. That he what? That he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In love, God gave Jesus. He is so much into giving that God doesn't demand anything from us as payment for his great and precious gift of salvation. He gives freely. He doesn't say you have to do this good work or you have to do that good work in order to be saved. He gives freely. He gives without payment. All the good things God has for you are a pure gift. No works or good deeds are required. Salvation and life are freely given. So why are followers of Jesus such a giving people? Why are you at Maple Park such a giving and generous people? Because Jesus gave his all for you. That's why you are a generous and giving person. It's because your eyes have been opened to the reality that Jesus gave everything for you. Followers of Jesus aren't giving because we're trying to earn God's love or, or anything else from God. Followers of Jesus give because Jesus gave his all. And we've been transformed by that amazing gift of love. We are simply following in the steps of the one who has loved us so much and the one that we desire to be like. 
We who follow Jesus know that that we are of infinite worth to God. And you know that you're of infinite worth to God. You know that you do not need things. You don't need money. You don't need possessions. You don't need applause. You don't need success in life in order to be uh, worthy or to be uh, loved by God. You know that you're of great worth simply because it's in the nature of God to, to love so freely. We who follow Jesus, we know that we're of infinite worth to God, so we don't need more stuff to find worth. Instead, we find meaning in giving. We find meaning in serving. We find meaning in being a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship fully, church. Worship fully. Know that you don't need to spend all of this money and have all of these possessions. Save a little bit this Christmas. And what you save, maybe it's 10% that you're going to spend less. You budgeted so much for gifts. Spend a little less and give a little more. What we're trying to do is we spend less and give more as we're trying to help people in Chad, Africa. There are people in Chad, Africa who have to walk for miles to get water. And oftentimes they walk for miles and the water that they fetch is contaminated. It it causes them to be sick. It it gives them diseases or parasites. So our goal this this Advent during the Advent conspiracy is is that we'd spend a little less and that we would give a little more to dig a well in Chad so that people in Chad can walk to a well and they can fetch clean water. Clean water that will give them life. These wells in Chad are also a gathering place. Many people gather. And their Christians in Chad have an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. To speak of the living water that Jesus freely gives to all without cost. So our goal this Advent is to worship fully, spend less, give more, and through giving more that we would show the love of God to all. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Help us to live with this posture of open hands and open hearts before you. Lord, the only way we can live that way is because of the gift of Jesus Christ through the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. Through new life that's been given to us that causes us to be a reflection of Jesus, to be a reflection of that giving nature, to live with the same posture that Jesus lived before you. With open hands and open hearts. Come, Lord Jesus, and do this for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand? And together we're going to sing the hymn, O Come, All Ye Faithful.